Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, back to a brand new episode of Kaiju Conversation. I'm your host, Elijah, and joining me as always, the good editor and friend, Rex. I'm back once again. Hello. That was the most unenergetic introduction you've ever done. I'm just saying, you, you sound like you don't want to be here. Yeah, I do. I'm just sick. Ah, sick of me? Well, yes, but... Uh, okay, I see how this is. Yes, but I am also actually sick. Uh, and you're still on here. That is dedication. And you'll probably edit this too, so yep. props to you. So, um, before we get into the main discussion today, Rex, outside of being sick and tired of me and uh, the little flu you got, uh, what's new with you? Uh, so I've, uh, not much has really happened. Uh, I have done, I've made a couple, made an order of Mandarake. Oh, actually, I got, uh, some DVDs, uh, too. Uh, I got, I think last time I was on, I mentioned how I'd ordered some Media Blasters DVDs of, uh, Frankenstein vs. Baragon, Dogra, and Varan. I've gotten all three of those, but a little funny thing was that I ended up finding out that Varan was not the Media Blasters DVD, but was in fact the Japanese DVD. <laughs> yeah, you descriptions, man. You need to read them. I've never ordered something online and messed up like that. I'm not even complaining about it, too, because... Uh, well, A, it comes with most of the same bonus features, unfortunately without English subtitles. Uh, but it also comes with, like, a a little booklet that's, like, three pages. Oh. Um, it has a few behind-the-scenes stills, and there's a good... Uh, a fair amount of text that talks about a little bit... Uh, from what I've been able to roughly translate with the help of, like, this... Google Translate feature on the phone basically just talks a little bit about how the film was made briefly, I think. Mm -hmm. And it talks yeah. about Akira Fukube a, a fair bit. Hmm. And interestingly, nice. one, of the, uh, one of the production still, or, yeah, one of the uh, still images they have is of um, what is apparently supposed to be a cut quote-unquote date scene, which is interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So have you watched any of these movies yet? I, I have watched um, Frankenstein vs. Baragon so far. Which, which version? There's three. Uh, Conquers the World version. The US version. Okay. With the international I, dub? For some yeah, reason. I had to for Nick Adams. <laughs> right. So outside of that, have you, uh, have you watched or seen anything else lately? I've been watching a fair bit of Garo recently. Yeah. Because I sort of started that a little while ago. Uh, took a bit of a break from almost everything I was watching, and then I'm trying to get back into it. And uh, I'm currently a little over halfway through the series. I'm really, really enjoying it. <laughs> and that's the first season, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. So you still the 2005 got... series, yes. So you still have the TV special, the second season, um, yeah, the TV special I still for that. Yeah, I've got to see all those. 
and correct me if I'm wrong, but there's three seasons total, right? I think. Not including anime, of course. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not quite sure how the timeline goes, because there seems to be uh, some, there seems to be like a couple spin-off TV series, TV series with some of the, with one of the, uh, uh, one of the main characters from the show, Racism. Yeah. Huh. Hopefully Sentai re-releases some of their Garo and puts out the uh, uh, other stuff, especially now that things are getting more popular, in Garo yeah. especially. Yeah. So, anything else? Any other Ultra series or Common Rider? Uh... Any new action figures or model kits? Uh, yeah, I got, uh, in terms of, like, model kits, I got, uh, the Aoshima Mechagodzilla, uh, the Kiryu, and mm-hmm. I've almost finished building that, I've just gotta do the tail and the, his backpack, and it'll be all good, it's, it's kinda like, I would compare it to an SH Monster Arts without, uh, without paint, of course, because it's a model kit. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and it's so, bigger. <laughs> so, out of curiosity, what do you like about model kits? Because I've never been able to find them interesting. I just find it. I just enjoy building model kits, really, because I don't know. There's just something about taking something and putting it together. Uh, I, I, I guess it's kind of like the same appeal of Legos, really. <laughs> Except yeah, big kids like <laughs> I mean, I don't like Legos either, so I just angered anybody younger um, than like seventeen. But you know what? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm just a cold-hearted person at the center of my uh, uh, personal like self. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think my biggest issue with model kits is painting, because I suck at anything yeah, artistic. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to paint it. They, they'll look better if you do paint them, but right. you you don't have to. It's never a requirement. Some kits look absolutely... Because a lot of kits have colors have really good color separations, especially more, uh, modern, modern Gundam kits. Mm-hmm. You do not need to paint those at all if you don't want to. Or if you do, it's like the, you need to paint the eyes and maybe a couple minor details. That's about it for absolutely for things that you'd be, probably consider absolutely necessary. Mm-hmm. Some model kits actually come with uh, already painted pieces. So like yeah. uh, my Evangelion Kodobakia kit came with uh, a couple painted pieces for like the eyes, so that was yeah. cool. Huh. I know uh, some people really like the Tanaka Studio um, model kits, but I I never I I couldn't spend that much money on one of those. Mm. To well, have I've never still done those it. sorts of kits. I've only ever done like uh, never done those types of resin kits. I've only done like the. Uh, Gunpla-style articulated kits. So, what's the difference, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, well, 
Well, first off, it's the material. Uh, Materials are made out of resin. <laughs> uh, gunpla kits are made out of plastic, and because gunpla because gunpla kits and kits like that are sort of the gunpla style, like the Kiryu I have, are sort mm -hmm. of are made to be articulated. There's generally like more separate pieces, and you have to like build sort of the insides of the, the thing itself rather than just uh from what i've seen of resin kits you you more or less uh put there's less pieces you more or less put them together and glue them on yeah and that's another thing in with gunpla model kits you don't use glue let's see yeah hmm. interesting it is a world. Well, I, resin kits is a world I'd like to visit someday, but sometime yeah, in the far definitely. future. <laughs> and you'll have to inform me of it because I I know nothing about kit model kits in general. Oh yeah. So outside of that, anything new? Probably the last thing I got to add is that uh, got an, I made an order on that rocket, and I'm pretty excited for what I've got coming. I can't wait for you to uh, share what you got um, yeah. when it comes in. I'm very excited. <laughs> I wonder if it's a certain art book. It's not, but it is oh. one that's related. Okay. So it's nothing cool. Gotcha. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's still Takeyuki Takeya, and it's got Shin Godzilla. Ah, Shin Godzilla, Shin Godzilla. Pretty worthless. <laughs> oh well um so that's awesome uh yeah. i guess i can share what some... about you i guess <laughs> yeah um so most recently i got h-man and battle in outer space on blu-ray the double feature from mill creek i already own the films it's just i needed it for the collection yeah, um, I mean, I still need to get them myself. <laughs> yeah, I got Venus Ranger on DVD. That's uh, another ex Venus Ranger. It's an exploitation oh. film. Um, uh oh, yeah. Um, I got the One Miss Call trilogy on Blu-ray from Arrow. Very exciting. Um, I got all three volumes of Phantasm. It's a Toho TV show horror. Uh, from the mid 2000s, um, I got Space Ranger: The Complete Saga on DVD. Once again, a exploitation film. Um, I got the Japanese and U.S. versions of The Legend of the Eight Samurai. Oh, yeah. I got uh, Tell me how Dragon that film is when you see it. Yeah, I, I I'm trying to figure out which one I want to watch first: the yeah. English version or the Japanese one. And then I got Dragon Blue. On DVD. Uh, here's my favorite one I got. Uh, the Ringu Quadrilogy on Blu-ray from Arrow. Yeah, can I borrow that from you and never give it back? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, let me check here. Uh, I got a Gridman action figure um, from work really? that's been sitting there for a very long time. Really? Is it, is it like yes. a vinyl? Oh. No, it's it's from su it's from Superhuman Samurai Cyber Squad, but we all know it's Gridman. Yeah. Um, 
It's it was one where like you pressed a button and like it lit up or something. Um, I got Gintama on Blu-ray, the live-action film. Um, I got Solid Metal Nightmares, the films of uh, uh, uh Shinya. Yes, um, on Blu-ray from Arrow. Shin Godzilla. <laughs> really? Yeah, he is. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. It was until I read an interview uh, with him on Shin Godzilla, and I realized that's Shinya Sukamoto. Was that a cameo appearance by him? He's the, he's the guy with the pink towel. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, I also got Tetsujin 28 on DVD, the live-action film. Uh. I don't think I talked about this, but I got Virus, the U.S. cut, um, on DVD, um, which was a Toho film. I got Shinobi, Heart Under Blade on Blu-ray. I got Full Metal Yakuza on DVD. Um, I got War of the God Monsters on Blu-ray and VHS, which was very exciting. Still need to order that. Yeah. Um, I got The Great Horror Family on DVD. I got Gun Caliber on Blu-ray. I got Blade of the Immortal on Blu-ray, Versus on Blu-ray, Godzilla 2014 on 4K, Tokyo Zombie. I think that's as far back as I have mentioned. I probably have missed stuff I've purchased, but you know what? It just is hard to uh, figure it out um, sometimes. But, uh, so I got all that. Um, I also have... uh, or let's see. I've also watched a few movies. Um, yeah. I've watched uh, Full Metal Yakuza, um, a Takashi Miike film. I watched Ring, um, which is my first, I would say, official, even though uh, I know Matongo and House are J Horror. Ring is kind of yeah. like the main, that's like the Gojira of. J horror, it seems like. Mm. So, um, I saw that. Mm. I watched Versus, uh, which I was really surprised by, and I can't wait to cover that one. Um, that'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Yeah, I can't uh, wait to get a hold of that film eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. I watched Tetsuo, the Iron Man. Um, okay. I, I don't want to talk about too much because that that needs an episode yeah. i cannot wait for that but i listened to the soundtrack on repeat today oh it's got such a great soundtrack um trying to think if there's anything else of uh, uh notability i should mention or if we should go ahead and yeah i think that's about it um oh i also Nothing. watched I just wanted to mention how I forgot earlier that I also saw uh, a movie called Love and Peace. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How was that? That was actually quite good. Uh, nice. Sion Sono, uh, director of one of my favorite, one of my favorite Japanese movies, Why Don't You Play in Hell? Not a kaiju film, but if you ever get the chance to see it, watch it. I can't recommend it <laughs> enough. But uh, Love I'm... and Peace was v- very 
very good. Uh, it, it's more of a drama than Tokusatsu. Uh, it's still the, kaiju. It's yeah. still kaiju. So yeah, yeah. There's the turtle. There's Pikachu the turtle. Uh, mm -hmm. And he does minor spoiler. I guess spoiler in general. He he does grow big at the end. Mm. I mean that's in the poster. To be yeah. fair. Um, I've heard nothing but great stuff about that film. I've, I've yeah, heard it compared good. to Shin Godzilla, so... I wouldn't I compare hope, it to Shin, but it is quite good. I hope that it eventually gets uh, released by Criterion. I mean, they released Jellyfish Eyes, so it would seem kind of weird that they don't do Love and Peace. That's just my take. Mm -hmm. But, uh... It was Criterion, I'd say. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, but I also watched another movie. It was uh it came out in 1977. Um, oh, and yes. it was uh, co-produced by Subaraya and Rankin Bass, the people yeah. behind uh co-behind the uh, King Kong anime from the 60s and King Kong Escapes. Yeah, um, which Subaraya was also. Uh, commission to work on yeah but it was uh it was actually the first in a trilogy of films that super ryan rankin bass worked on um the others being the bermuda depths and the ivory ape um i don't know what this film was called do you know what it was called i think it was something uh, something along the lines of Extreme was, Expedition, Dream Expedition Ship Polar Bora. Yeah, it was like the last something. Uh, last, the Last Human? The Last Human, that sounds about right. The Last Man, The Last the last, the last Man on Earth with Vincent Price, is that what I watched? <laughs> It might have been. But it had a really catchy theme song. Yeah. Oh. Hmm. It was God, like people who hate the uh, sarcasm gag are gonna be so sick of it right now. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was like the last dinosaur. That was it, the last dinosaur from uh, 1977. Yes. yes. So, uh, yeah, I watched it. Uh, Rex, did you watch it? Yep. Nice. And uh, I feel like that's actually a great topic to cover today. So now that we got our ramblings for the 15 minutes that we're on here for out yeah. of the way, today's episode will be about The Last Dinosaur. Ooh, the theme song. Oh, wait, copyright. <laughs> oh, maybe I should do a cover. The last dinosaur. You think I, I think I could do a good cover of it? <laughs> what? I I think I did a good job. Yeah, yeah, yeah you did a good job in summer god Yes. <laughs> you know what? Let's just get into our opening discussion about yeah. this film. So, what's your history with this film? 
So I sort of discovered it sort of because I'm a kid of a modern generation. I discovered it through YouTube videos on Kaiju movies when I and sort of obscure dinosaur movies. Because uh, I, I like Godzilla, but that love of Godzilla kind of came from dinosaurs. <laughs> so I think I first discovered it from the from the Brandon Tennell video that has got to be like a good six years old at this point now. Yeah, I never knew he. I I didn't know he covered it until I was doing research today on it, and I thought I watched all the episodes that he did about Tokusatsu. Uh, but yeah, no, that was sort of where I first heard of the movie, and I remember thinking, "This movie looks a lot of fun. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks really funny. I think I'd quite like it." Not quite in those words, but still. Uh, yeah, and I've just. It's been one of those movies that I've been wanting to see for a long time. It's not a film that necessarily looked by any means like a masterpiece, but just looked fun. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm glad that I finally did get the chance to see it. Hmm. So, all right. Um, I have a slightly different history because I, I don't research movies I don't know about on the internet, really. Yeah, I'm weird, I know. Um, so I first heard about this movie about a year ago. I was doing it, actually, it was over a year ago now. Uh, it's very weird. I didn't realize, or actually, no, it was It was like, it's been 11 months, something like that. Yeah. Uh, so when I was doing Kaiju Quarantine 2, Trash Mountain, we added a movie called Attack of the Super Monsters. It is a uh, 1983, I believe, compilation movie um, that was a compilation of a TV show called uh, Great Dinosaur War Eisenborg. Yes. And in it, <laughs> they reuse the suit from The Last Dinosaur. Yeah. And Nathan wouldn't shut up about it. <laughs> I'm going to get a message now on Facebook Messenger, and he's going to say, well, I'm sorry that I have an obsession like you do of Reptilian. And you know what, Nathan? Just, no. <laughs> I, 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 I have no answer because you're technically not wrong, but I deny your claim. Yes, you deny the claim he hasn't even made yet. It's because I'm, a, I'm from the future. Ah, I see. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. um, see, he actually took the last dinosaur from 1977 and brought him to present day. Um, it's and very he exciting. Really is, he really is the last dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and that's why I learned. We watched it a I few am. months ago. So. Yeah. I'm going to start us off, I think, really discussing the film uh, yeah. with a fact, and then we're going to really talk about our thoughts on the film. Um, mm -hmm. So, the film, Last Dinosaur, was actually originally pitched to ABC in 1975. Um, however, they shelved it because they were more interested in remaking King Kong. 
Yeah. Um, this was, you know, around the time 76 was really starting to hype up. Um, but after King Kong came out, they started looking back and they were trying to see what they could do with this idea. Um, and in 1977, we, uh, we got that um, with this film. So, Rex, what, uh, what, let's try and go through this somewhat structured. Uh, what did you think of the film's tokusatsu aspect first? Yeah, so the tokusatsu, the special effects. Uh, I thought overall the special effects looked fairly alright for the time. Not, not extraordinary, I don't think. Not like Super Mario Productions peak, but they mm-hmm. still looked alright. Composite yeah. shots looked okay. Sets looked pretty good. I, I thought the, the compositing. Hmm? I thought the compositing was the worst part of this film. To be honest, the blue screen was very obvious. It's only really a major issue with the, uh, with the pterosaurs. Really, I saw that with the T Rex. I could see. Yeah, it. it's it's there with the with the Rex, but it it didn't bother me as much with the Rex. But uh, yeah, no, like the T Rex suit. Silly, it's simple, but it works. <laughs> it right. works for the film. Right. And it, honestly, I... Oh, go ahead. It's, it's nothing extraordinary. It just... It's, it's just serviceable. Right. It, it works. And honestly, I think the suits look all right. Yeah. I, I didn't I mind... You go on this side. Oh, I, I didn't mind the uh, Triceratops. Um, at all, yeah, I thought both of them looked right pretty good. Mm-hmm. The pterosaurs, I was kind of iffy on, to be honest. I, I, I don't know. I just think that uh, the way they moved, they looked kind of stiff. Like you can tell, it's not as advanced as say original Mothra. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't necessarily have to be, but still. Now. Around 1977, another lower-budget film also came out, but took a different approach with the dinosaur special effects. Mm. Um, the film I'm referring to is called Planet of Dinosaurs. Oh. Have you watched that one? I have not seen it, but I, do, but, I am, but I am somewhat familiar with it. Okay. Have you seen clips of the dinosaur action in the film? Yeah. Which one would you say looks better? Mm, the Tokusatsu fan in me wants to say Last Dinosaur, but in all honesty, I probably I probably like Planet of Dinosaurs a little bit more. Yeah, and why is that? Mm, I I think I don't know. Maybe it's just I think that the the dinosaurs themselves look more detailed in Planet of Dinosaurs. Just, just their designs, you feel like they've got more scales. There's been just more, more has been put into making these look like uh, creatures with actual skin and, and yeah. <laughs> right. I, I do got to say the detail looks better. Yeah, and the little cameo by the Redosaurus is always a is a nice thing to see. Yeah, 
you know, I, I think I might have to agree. I think the dinosaurs look more convincing in planet. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, they are also more uh, quote-unquote realistic. Right. Which, are you upset by how the dinosaur looks in nah. last? No? I, I did I, find it kind of funny. Um, there were a couple of moments where I did find it kind of funny about some of the inaccuracies. Uh, specifically with the Yuntiferium, which they called a Ceratopsian. Mm-hmm. Which was really funny because Ceratopsians, uh, the family Triceratops belongs to. Meanwhile, Yuntiferium isn't even a dinosaur, it's a mammal. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm. Man, the writing is so good in that movie. <laughs> Something I want to kind of get into a bit later, but. Yeah, me too. Um, so going back um, off this little dinosaur tangent, um, you said the sets look all right. I I gotta agree. I I thought they looked. I really like the uh, pit. I yeah. really like that. Yeah, I I loved all the bones and stuff. I thought. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm a sucker for camera movement. So let me ask you first: What did you think of the movement and the usage of the camera? with its angles and whatnot uh, with the dinosaur. I think with the dinosaurs, it was overall pretty good. Uh, I liked some of the far away shots and some of the shots that sort of where you see the bone, where like you're close to the bones, but in the, like the bones are in the foreground, I should say. And then the dinosaurs are sort of in the background. I really liked those shots. Yeah, but sometimes with the shots of the drama, it just felt very standard TV movie, sort of, I guess. Yeah, which originally this wasn't supposed to be a TV movie. Yeah, it was supposed to be a theatrical film, but they couldn't get I'm, anybody to released theatrically in Japan. Yeah, so Toho got the rights in Japan and they released yeah. it theatrically. But in the United States, where it was supposed to be theatrical, they Went ended up TV. had to put it straight to TV because nobody wanted to pick the film up. Which is kind of sad when you think about it. And they cut out 11 minutes of footage. Yeah. And at that time, they also probably uh, had to reduce it to a 4.3 because it is in a widescreen uh, ratio, if I recall. So that was a little sad. Yeah. But this was also uh, Toho's second Super Raya film that they distributed in Japan. The first one being uh, Dagoro versus Goliath in 1972, right? Yeah. If I remember right? Yeah. yeah. So that's pretty cool. Uh, but uh, I, I, I can kind of agree with you. Um, some shots definitely felt more TV movie-esque to me. Um, yeah, but one thing I love was the truck shots. Uh, oh, yeah. Whenever they were going around the set as the dinosaurs walked, especially yeah. during the fight in the pit, I yeah. love that. I'm I'm a sucker for truck shots. Yeah, um, no, you the know, pit I, fight is the highlight of the movie. 
Oh yeah, I I loved all the camera the camera usage in that scene especially was beautiful. Yeah, um, and it did have great compositions, depth yeah. of field, and perspective. And As I said before, I just love the bones in the foreground. Mm-hmm. It, it really gave it scale, and I really yeah. like that. Um, it, it also was really it, it was it did a great job on staying on the rule of thirds and whatnot. Um, yeah, I I was really happy with with especially that scene. Um, yeah. But even some of the others, where like the T Rex is off in the distance and where our main protagonists uh, are in the foreground, I thought they looked all right. Yeah. So the shots where it's from the ground up, I thought looked weird. Um, I, I was never a fan of those, especially when he appears out of nowhere. Yeah, that's another thing. It's kind of weird how the T Rex just appears. Yeah. I, I'd like, like to when, when Bunta is up in the trees and looking around, the T Rex's face is just casually like right behind him. <laughs> right. Or whenever uh Dr. Uh Kawamoto, I think his name was. Yeah. Uh Kawamoto, like he's he's like, Oh, look at this fungus. Hmm. And then he looks up and he and the dinosaur's <laughs> like, huh, get ready to get Quentin Tarantino'd up in here. Yeah. And then, uh, in Bunta, whenever he is, uh, his, he meets his fate, uh, yeah. the same thing happens. He's just like, oh, walking down the forest. Because, oh my God, it's a T-Rex. And he's dead. Uh, I mean, that dinosaur's got to have some superhuman abilities because yeah. he is too quiet. It's like a tradition in, in dinosaur movies with T-Rexes. Yeah. <laughs> Even though whenever they're on screen, they make the most noise ever. Yeah, yeah. It's like they they have a plot convenience attached to them or something. Yeah. <laughs> but would you say that it was a step down from what's so? Okay, let's compare this to ten years prior. So nineteen sixty seven. Uh, let's compare it to the other Rankin Bass uh, Japanese company co-production, King Kong Escapes. Do you think Gorosaurus looked better? Yes. And okay, so why would you say that? I would say. What do do you happen to know what materials the two suits were made from? Uh, no clue. My mm. guess is what uh, the other suits are typically made out of. Mm. Because it looks like either Gorosaurus was made from a, very, a different material, mm-hmm. or he was just way, way more detailed by the sculptor. Yeah. Which it could be either or, to be honest. Yeah. Or both. <laughs> yeah. Gorosaurus so... just in general looks more detailed and... I don't know. I think the suit folds are less obvious too in Gorosaurus. They're, they're definitely yeah. there, mm-hmm. but on the head especially seems more secure. Mm-hmm. That's one thing I noticed is the T Rex's head is very uh, awkward. Yeah, and even in some shots, it looks like it's stained. Like it's in some shots, it like some shots, it looks like he's a human. Like his head is pretty mm. straight up with his body and in other shots it's like bent over like a 
T-Rex would like it. Yeah. The neck is extended and the head's... Um, yeah, they get the posture of it weird. Yeah. But it, it is guy in suit, so sometimes kind of can't really. It's a bit of an awkward decision for a person. <laughs> right. But overall, so would you say... so? Back to the question, would you say King Kong Escapes was better than Last Dinosaur with its effects? Yeah, I, I think that overall the special effects on Last Dinosaur, uh, on King Kong Escapes, are just, they overall have, they just feel and look higher quality. They look better produced. I mean, I would say that the sets on Last Dinosaur can probably can maybe compare to King Kong Escapes in to an extent. Mm-hmm. But the suit, Even then, yeah. even then, I, I feel like, and this was something I also pointed out, there was a lot of size inaccuracies throughout the film. Oh, like, definitely. Sometimes the T-Rex is, like, really, really big, and other shots he's small. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. Especially when his foot is, like, large enough to completely smash a person, and then other shots, like... Yeah, and the footprints weren't, uh, like, the footprints at the the early portion of the movie weren't all... were big, but weren't all that big, you know? Right. (laughs) Or the fact the spear looks very large on him. Stuff like that. Oh. Are are we going to talk about the best uh, dinosaur in the movie? Which one? The turtle. Ah, yes. So we we've got skeleton turtle fans and we've got Titanus Doug fans, but where's Gabriel the turtle's love? Like, come I on! I mean, look, man. Apparently, uh, apparently, Joanne Van Ark the the lead blonde actress really liked the turtles, like filming the exactly. turtle scene. Exactly. It's, he's cute. Gabriel is a great turtle. Okay? And it's unfair that nobody talks about him. Because, yeah. you know, he was well, no one ever on... Talks about, well, no one ever talks about Maneater from All Monsters Attack. He's a giant lizard from King Kong vs. Godzilla. I've heard more people talk about giant lizard... Than I've well, heard yeah. people talk about. Also, man eater. That's that's the plant, right? Yeah. Okay, but like, okay, you kind of have a point. But also, those people know nobody talk. Like nobody acknowledges Gabriel the turtle. I think it's unfair to him because he has yeah. feelings, and you know <laughs> it's not his fault that somebody stepped on him and proceeded to stand on him. For extended amount of time. Yeah. Uh, Just this for Gabriel. <laughs> maybe the maybe they uh, got inspiration from or for Love and Peace from Last Dinosaur. Maybe. Totally. Uh huh. Not like there's another giant turtle, or another one from another Superia production that looks better. But we're going to ignore those for Gabriel. But well, I also... oh, hmm? Well, to be fair, that one from Subaraya looked good until uh, it appeared in 
what was it, Kirk Godman or Kirk Greenman? Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. So um, did Gorosaurus, but, to be fair. Yeah, and Gabra and Minya and basically anything that appeared in it. <laughs> that that uh, was basically a graveyard for those suits. Or yeah. For this. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but going back, I, I do. Uh, we we need to really touch on this a little bit more. The miniatures, um, when they were launching the uh, Polar Bora, I thought that looked really cool. Yeah. Um, outside of that, though, I, I didn't really care for it too much. Yeah. Those miniatures do um, kind of remind me of the base from uh, the Ultra Garrison's base from Ultra 7. Yeah, I was getting vibes from that, and I was also kind of getting vibes from uh, Super Monsters. From what? That's, uh, Attack of the Super Monsters from Eisenborg. Well, yeah, Eisenborg is basic. Eisenborg... Yeah, the titular Eisenborg is that's literally what Eisenborg basically is. Except he's got right. weapons. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um which I, that was kinda interesting and I'm watching Ultra Intaro right now, and I could also kinda kinda look in Last yeah. Dinosaur a bit. So yeah. it, it definitely was a product of its time, but I feel like it degraded more than the other. Mm. Maybe or rush time. Mm. Yeah, sometimes but the overall, film does feel kind of odd in how it, it, like, not just how the special effects are, but some other aspects, like the editing, feel really weird at a couple points. Which I, I actually think I have the reason for that mm. later on. Oh yeah, the overall. Storing whatnot, mm-hmm. but I overall I I really the the visual effect. Um, oh, one thing I also want to point out: our suit actor for the T Rex was Toru Kawai. Yeah, <laughs> and he is Godzilla for Zone Fighter and, and Terror of Mechagodzilla. <laughs> He also played various monsters in Eisenborg and the mm-hmm. Ultra series. Meanwhile, the Triceratops, or uh, part of the Triceratops, since it was basically um, two people in a horse-like suit, uh, was played by Tatsumi uh, Nikamoto, who had played Zone Fighter himself, as well as a Garga, Ultraman Leo, briefly Ultra 7, Within Leo, Titanosaurus in Terra, MG, and Eisenborg in Eisenborg. Mm-hmm. So we had some great suit actors in there, even though they, I, I would argue, they didn't get to show off their awesome ability yeah. too well in this D- film. Do you happen to know who the uh, lower half uh, I, of the I couldn't find. Is? I was wondering the same thing. I couldn't find any information. Yeah. The other. My guess is they weren't a big name. They were like maybe studio hand. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I can't wait for it to be Haro Nakajima or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but 
but I, I was really surprised that Kawhi worked on it because uh, I love his Godzilla portrayal because of how energetic he was. Yeah. And then you see him in as the dinosaur, and he's very calm. He doesn't move. Hmm. I mean, that could come down to the direction he was given. It, it could have been. It could have been. Um, but that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, so that's really all I got to talk to aspects. Do you want to get into the lovable characters? Sure, I guess. Because the human characters matter in all kaiju. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100%. Don't let, let God tell you otherwise. Exactly. Or Kevin Smith. Especially not Kevin Smith. <laughs> okay. On the count of three, we're going to say our favorite character in this movie. One, two, three. Aston. Oh. <laughs> okay. Why is Mastin your favorite? I think Mastin's my favorite because, I don't know, the writing for him just feels, just seems odd to me. Like, well, first off, he's portrayed by Richard Boone, which, and Richard Boone just gives a really great and really funny portrayal of the character. That's true. I, I love lines like, you ding dong. You ding dong. <laughs> I love that. The writing in this movie is hilarious. It's so campy. Yeah. The thing is also just that Mastin feels like he's supposed to be written as a villain. Yes! It, that, that's not. why I don't like him. That's why I don't like him. Is at the beginning, like, he, he tells the lady he had in his personal jet, like, maybe you can bite it when you need, when the going gets tough. And then he's like, Anybody who doesn't want to go on this mission, speak now or forever hold your peace. And I was like, that's really, like, that's very, that, those are completely different ends. I mean, he's the also character. the one who just screwed them over with uh, the rescue, basically telling the rest, uh, like, the mainland, if we don't come back, don't go looking for us. Mm -hmm. And... And then he's, of course, trying to hunt the quote-unquote last dinosaur. Mm -hmm. But, see, and I, I was so confused um, with the whole, like, he's Rick. Like, he's basically Tony Stark, right? Except it's for oil. Why is he treated like just some random dude? Like, he has a huge company. You can't just go missing. It just, it, that, that part felt weird. It's like, are you that down to earth that you don't even realize you not coming back would cause, like, huge economic problems? Like, it, with this disappearance, his company is basically in shambles because it doesn't seem like, uh, he has a board of directors. Kind of yeah. seems like he was, he was, he was like Rockefeller. There's like, Oh, yeah. Okay. And then at the end of the film, uh, when when the when Joanne Van Ark's character and uh, the the guy who was on the first expedition, the last survivor of the first expedition, 
uh, leave with Paul Labora, Mastin stays behind and it just ends with him meeting the native girl mm-hmm. going down to T-Rex and it's like okay that's how it ends that's he doesn't get any sort of comeuppance he doesn't have an really an arc I I think and I guess I'll go ahead and get it to now we're really sorry. This movie had two directors. Yeah. Um the first one, uh his name was uh like Greg or something. Let's, Let me check Alex Grasshoff. Yeah, Alex Grasshoff, he got fired like in the during production. He got fired. And they hired somebody, um, his name was, uh, Tsugambu, uh, Kotani. Uh, I'm not gonna butcher his first name, so I'm just gonna refer to him as Kotani. Um, yeah. <laughs> he was hired back. Uh, he's credited as Tom, which kind of gave me Godzilla Rage Again vibes with the shortening of Japanese names. Yeah. Um, but they hired him and he finished the film. Yeah, and you can kind of tell because, like I said, Mastin changes like personalities throughout the movie. Yeah, um, and it doesn't. It, the ending is more Japanese than the opening. Um, yeah, and it like you can tell that there was somebody different calling the shots towards the end of the the back half of the film was very much a different. Yeah. Um, which, uh, Katani also went on to direct Bermuda Depths and the Ivory Ape for Super Ice, like, yeah, ranking that. So, I mean, it ended up working for him because he got two other Tokusatsu films, mm. but you can tell that, yeah, I mean, there's there a few, was, fair few things that kind of just are. Uh, there, but don't really end up being relevant, like the native people on the island. Right. They're just kind of there. Yeah. Like, there's a build-up for them, there's a scene with them, and then there's that one girl who so gets attached to uh, the reporter, and then then just masked and shoes her off, and then goes hunting with her at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then like the whole like the the natives fighting uh, our main characters that was kind of left field, and you can kind of tell like when they change uh, scenes to them fighting, it's very different. Like the whole emotion of the movie becomes like, oh, we're all going to die now. If yeah. you don't. And it did feel very much different. It was a different tone from there on. Yeah. The opening half was more mysterious and explorative. Second half was more like, fight to the death! We are the apex species. Which can work, but it it just comes off as kind of jarring. It just feels odd and jarring. Yeah, I agree. 
But I think that also helps to its campiness to an extent, which I, I can appreciate that. As I said before, this is no, no film that's, this is not a film that's trying to win an Oscar. Right. It's a creature-free feature film for, for, I, I don't agree with the whole idea that creature features are nothing more than just cheesy B-movies, but this is the epitome of that. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I, I do have to say, Mastin, I, I, I did like him, though I also gotta say, his choice in women is kind of weird. He's like 70, they're like 30. That was kind of weird. Can't hear my laughing. <laughs> Your microphone totally cut out. So god damn it, you can't hear my laughing. Yeah. But yeah, it just that's kinda weird. He, he, like everybody he's attracted to is like forty years younger than him. And I was just a little bothered by him. what else to say other than He's a player. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But Buta is my favorite because he's like the only guy there that knows what he's doing. Yeah. Everybody else is just like, kill the dinosaur or get off the island or Mastin, come back with me even though I totally like this other guy. I want yeah. to be with you. That was also another thing. That weird love triangle. Yeah. Very weird. That, that felt very out of place. I couldn't tell who was supposed to be with him. It just felt out of place to me. <laughs> it made sense with Mastin, but they established that she and yeah. him kind of had a thing. And it was like, oh... Well, but she okay. was doing it to get, to get uh, on the expedition. That's true. The boots I really like, yeah. and I really wish we could have got more of Telemoto because of the act. Yeah. Uh, Tetsu Nakamura. Actually, mm. this was not his first uh, rendezvous. You know his filmography? I got it here, but I'm just curious. Uh, I don't believe so. Fill me in. Okay. So he was in films like The Mysterians, The mm. H Man, The Human Vapor, Mothra. The Lost World of Sinbad, Atragon, Latitude Zero, Face Amoeba, Submersion of Japan, and another U.S. Japan co-production film, The Manster. Uh, and Last Dinosaur was his final film role. Really? After this, he would be out of, yeah, he stopped acting after Last Dinosaur. Hmm. So... He was very much akin to uh, Tokusatsu. Yeah. Even though he actually wasn't born in Japan. Uh, really? He was born in Canada. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, when I was uh, Googling and looking at stuff, I saw his image, and I could tell I had seen his face before. It's like, what was he hint in? Because uh, I recently watched The Manster, and he was the uh, evil scientist in that movie. And so I was like, oh, really? That's so cool. Because they were both co-productive, the American and Japanese uh, yeah. company. So I thought that was really cool. Hmm. But I, I think there, 
Boonka and Mastin were both the most memorable characters out of everybody. Yeah. I mean, the... The scientist... What was his name? The other scientist, uh... Chuck, was it? Yeah, Chuck. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just kind of forgettable kind generic. of protagonist, except he's very really generic. Is. He just wants to get off the uh, get yeah. out of there. That's really all he wants. Going back to briefly, going back to what I said about Mastin feeling like uh, he's supposed to be the villain. Chuck feels Chuck should be the protagonist, but. I'm pretty sure he gets just as much, or possibly less, screen time as Mastin. Mm-hmm. Because Mastin, despite feeling like he's supposed to be the antagonist, he's m- more or less the protagonist. Right, and I mean, that's who we, from the beginning, it starts with Mastin, we get a story of how he became who he was, and we just follow Mastin. Yeah. So Mastin, while he shows antagonistic characteristics, he's very much obviously the main character. Yeah, and that's what I find... Re- that's what I found really odd about the film. It, it's something you don't typically see, and I'm curious yeah. if you depth So, uh, whenever I watch that and we cover it, I'll definitely hear our takes on that movie. Yeah. Um... So, moving on now, uh, we're, we've been talking for just about an hour, so I think we're going to start uh, wrapping this up. You know, it doesn't feel like an hour. It feels like we haven't about... It feels like it's been like 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, but, hang on, we need to discuss this, because if we don't, everybody will hate us. What did you think about the music? I didn't think much of it. I didn't really notice it outside of the the last dinosaur theme, which is a really good song. <laughs> uh, but I didn't really pay much attention to music. I, I'll fully admit I I don't pay much attention to music on my first watch of most movies. Yeah, it's usually around like my second or third watch where I really start to pay some attention to it. Like I I usually remember like a couple. Uh, select moments, but not every film I really remember all that much. Right. Uh, unless it's scored by Akira Fukube, I guess. Mm-hmm. Or Bear McCreary. Yeah. Or Sato. Or John Williams. <laughs> Alexander Um, One person I definitely list Junkie Self. <laughs> I gotta get it in. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I did. Where I've made peace with Junkie's score. It's not, uh, it's not spectacular by any means, but it it sounds nice. It's fine. Yeah. Just but if you want to hear more talking about that, check out our last episode where <laughs> me and Michael talked had and yelled and argued. God you know damn, that was a fun episode to edit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, and I it's it's a fun song. The last four. I know at G Fest every year that's one of the songs they play before we all depart 
Mm-hmm. Um, really? at the, uh, at the la- like the ending ceremonies. Um, I think it's Stan High, um, has a compilation of statistics, so like, we're all to blame, uh, the green slime, um, and like, when Last Dinosaur comes up, typically like, a bunch of people just get in a circle, and like, they start swaying together, and they're just like, the last dinosaur! My like, God, that with it. awesome. <laughs> It's, yeah, and with, we're all to blame, they all do air to shake their hair, it's, it's wild. God damn. Yeah, can we swap lives? <laughs> I need to see this. <laughs> I'll, I'll record it next time for you. Yeah, please do, please do. Um, actually, I might have a video somewhere, I'd have to. If you have it, please, send it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so overall, what would you... What what would your review be for the last dinosaur? Well, my review: the last dinosaur is is a creature feature through and through. It's a B movie. It's cheesy, but it's fun. It's not some. It's not that good of a movie. But if you're looking for some entertainment. You'll get. You'll have. You'll probably have a good time. There's a lot of great scenes, such as, uh, when they attach the when they use the boulder, uh, attach it to the tail, <laughs> and set the boulder down a cliff, and, <laughs> and it takes the T Rex with it. <laughs> yeah, scenes like that just so so funny, so entertaining. Right. And of it, course, Richard Boone's line delivery is absolutely fantastic. Right, and and I think the best way to describe this movie is it it is one hundred percent camp. That is all yeah. this film is. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong about that because I think it still works. I think it looks good. It sounds good. It's a fun movie. It's something you put in, you listen to, and you know you you enjoy. That's it's just popcorn. You ding dong! I love that. I love that line. <laughs> the writing is very bad in this, and it's okay. Oh yeah, but it makes it even more of a treat. Mm-hmm. Also, I didn't mention this, but uh, there are a lot of scenes where you can, well, not a lot, but in the opening, you can actually see a mask in his sunglasses. You can see the camera in the reflection. Yeah, I I saw that. I'm like, wait, hold on a minute. Go back. Zoom in. Enhance. And yeah, they're like in a completely different room that's got like different light, and you can see three people in a camera. Jeez. Um, the doctor, and then when it cuts back, it's like they're right up against the wall. There's one thing, and yeah, I, that's me nitpicking. But yeah. it was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta bring that up. Actually, you did say something about editing. Did you want to go on a little uh, tirade yeah, about so your issue with the editing? There's a couple points in the film 
mainly the early part. Uh, my biggest example for this is probably the scene where Mastin is talking to the press about, uh, when, yeah, when they're doing the press oh, event. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when Chuck starts talking, it just cuts to uh, a guy in a room narrating over, mm-hmm. narrating over Chuck, and it a it's cut really abruptly. When the guy's narrating, like he'll be midway for a word and it'll just cut back to Chuck. And yeah. I just found it really odd in general because there was no reason to have this. Yeah. It didn't add anything to what was being said. It was just reiterating what Chuck was saying and also kind of actually hurting it because sometimes it would so it overlap and I wouldn't actually hit, hit what he was saying. <laughs> Yeah, I, and I, I did notice that too, and I'm actually happy you brought that up because that that scene in particular was really weird. How it, yeah. There, there was one other scene I wanted to bring up, uh, but I don't quite remember the details. When I know, I just know that when his gun gets jammed, there was something in that scene that was like weirdly edited, but I can't remember what it was. Oh. I'm going to remember was, it later and be annoyed when I'm editing this. <laughs> was, it, was it with Puka and how he was going after the dinosaur? I don't think it was that. I, I'm pretty sure it was Mastin. Pretty sure it was with Mastin. Could it have been when they were, like, running away or something? It was when, it was when his, he's trying to shoot the T-Rex, and it's, like, just before his gun jams. Right. Oh, actually... Uh, speaking of that, one thing, if Mastin can't shoot something that's moving at the speed that T-Rex was, then how has he killed all the stuff he Like, he was tracking and following that T-Rex that is head. very, very big. Right, it's gotta, yeah. It's got to be the biggest thing he's ever, ever right. tried to kill. So how is it moving the way it is? And keeping up with it is in his little... Uh, in the scope there, like, he's, he's pretty keeping on it, like, so it's also weird. It's really uh, funny how, how he just screams how he can't, when he can't get a shot, and he accidentally fires his gun. Yeah. That is really funny to me. Yeah, it, that, that scene was kind of weird now, but it, that, that, that had a lot of weird moments. Yeah. And oh yeah, and there's one other thing I wanted to mention. So Rex, you probably can tell. I can't remember off the top of my head. So when you were, when somebody, when you shoot somebody saying something, and then in post production you have them say it again and you dub it over. What's that called? ADR. ADR. There were tons of ADR problems in the first half of the movie. Um. I, I was listening to it and I was wearing my headphones. And like when uh, Mastin was talking, like when he was on screen, it was crisp and clear. But then like when it wasn't him on screen, like there's a slight echo, a little bit of noise in the background. That's a little jarring. Um, they probably had to do that due to the conditions of, the, uh, of where they were shooting and. Because they shot on location. That's true. That's very true. Apparently it was 
the on location shoot was kind of hell in some regards. I imagine. Hmm. Well, there are moments where you can tell that the cast is having a lot of fun. Yeah. Like that scene where they just start, are all laughing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, you can tell that people working on it enjoyed it. Yeah. And I think that what, that's what makes it really good. Yeah. It's not some, it's not just a project that's being made. Well, it is being made because, like, money. <laughs> right. But the people behind it aren't just doing it for that money. They're also at least enjoying it and having fun with it. Exactly. And I, I guess I'll go ahead and give my final thoughts and we'll start wrapping up. Mm -hmm. um, but overall, it, it's a fun movie. It's camp to its core. You know, can't be bored by this. It's a fun movie. It, it does. Yeah. It's got some fun shots. It's got beautiful work with the camera in some shots. Then again, I am just a sucker for the structure. And I will keep saying that over and over when I we cover Terra. I'm really uh, starting to like those truck so shots myself. <laughs> good. When, when we cover Terra of Mexico, I'm going to go on a five minute rant. <laughs> I think it would be longer than 30 minutes, personally. 30 minutes? Yeah. Okay, we'll see. <laughs> well, when we get there, we'll have to time it. But, actually, I, I talked about it on Kaiju Weekly. I think I did go on for, like, a few minutes. But, yeah, I, I, love, <laughs> I love those shots. The cast is fun. It's got a fun soundtrack. Effects are less than stellar, but you know what? That's okay. There, yeah. it's fun. Overall, if I have to, if I if I had to be critical, I think it would get like a one and a half two stars. But I'm gonna give it like three and a half. It's a fun watch. You know, yeah. we don't have many non Ultra Super Raya stuff over here. Literally, yeah. it's Last Dinosaur from Muted Death. Mika Droid, Super Monsters, everything else is Super Raya. I've only watched three of those, and I, I've had the most fun out of that. I still need to see Bermuda Depth, um, but Last Dinosaur is the most fun Super Raya movie that's not Ultra. Yeah, I really uh, enjoyed this movie. Personally, I'll, I'd only... I, I, I can't see myself giving it three and a half stars. I just see myself giving it three stars. Not quite sure why, but it, it just doesn't feel like a movie I'd give three and a half stars. It's kind of hard to explain, but yeah. I mean, we're not really supposed to, like, we're not a review, yeah. like, you know. Or we're mainly, like, discussing its production and what we thought yeah. of the movie. In the end, I, I feel like the stars rating, like, that's what you take out of the show. I don't know. That hmm. that that's the part that I put least amount of effort in. Yeah. I I, I find the uh, it's just an easy way to sort of summarize our thoughts. So I think with that, um, I'm gonna go ahead. I'm gonna start doing this thing where hmm. I'm gonna tell you guys how you can watch this movie. Uh, oh, yeah. these movies because 
as I, this show is kind of a journey through my love of Tokusatsu, and as I kind of get into it, it's also a journey through Rex, and hopefully you guys. Um, so if you want to watch The Last Dinosaur, it is available on DVD through the Warner Archive Collection. It's an MOD, so it's a burn disc. Um, however, recently, uh, they have re-released their other two Tokusatsu titles, that being Green Slime and Bermuda Depth, on Blu-ray. So, it, I, I think it'd be safe to say we could be expecting a Blu-ray soon of this movie. Um, so, you can get it that way. I think it's available on Amazon Prime or other major streaming platforms. Um, definitely check it out if Godzilla or Ultraman. I think it's right up yeah. there. I mean, if you like Eisenborg, then by all means. Oh, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's that's where you can check this movie out. And if you do, uh, let us know what you thought. I'd be interested to hear what others think of this great movie. I know I posted it on Twitter earlier. A lot mm-hmm. of people, I actually have a notification and it's uh, somebody saying, actually really enjoyed this movie. So, yeah. uh, a lot like of people like it. It seems like a cult classic uh, Tokusatsu movie where a lot of people sort of know it. I guess it's because it was a TV movie, but a lot of people sort of know it. Not much yeah. in the way of like major discussions, but again, a lot of people just kind of know it and from what I've seen, generally like it. Right. So, now that I think we're pretty much wrapped up here, Rex, before the lovely viewers go ahead and click off, where can they find you at? What do you do? Who are you? Well, I am Rexino. You can f- find me on YouTube at Rexino. Uh, so, yeah, R, capital R, E-X, space, capital X, E-N-O. You can find me... Uh, Posting on Twitter at Rex underscore Xenomorph, capital R and capital X. Uh, Instagram, you can find me Rex underscore Xeno. And then check out my blog at thatkaijublog.wordpress.com. I've got interviews with Alan Maxson, King Ghidorah's right head. I've written an article about the production of uh, the Godzilla vs. Charles Barkley commercial, and some other things that I'm sure kaiju fans may find rather interesting. Definitely. And all of that will be in the below under his link. Check that out. Um, I'm Eliza. I've been your host. Uh, that's been with Rex for the last hour and a half approximately. Um, you can find me on Twitter at ep 13 capital E-T-T, um, lowercase corruptions, um, or on the Twitter at capital E, capital T, lowercase H-O-M-A-S, one nine seven. I also have a Twitter, or not Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. YouTube is ep 13 Productions, capital e t one T capital T, lowercase R-O-D-U-C-K-O-N-S. My Instagram is at ep 13 Productions, all lowercase, all one word. 
I also uh, have an article in the newest issue of Kaiju Ramen Magazine. Uh, it actually came out the day of this recording. So, as of today, Kaiju Ramen Magazine issue 2 is live for you to buy. So, check that out. It'll be in the description below. I worked really hard. It's the history of King Kong versus Godzilla. I'll just say, I can't wait to... I can't wait to give that a read when I get the chance. Yeah, it's not like, oh, Tanaka woke up one day and, you know, it's, I'll give you guys this. It's a summary, a 10-page summary, um, of, I, I typed a lot. <laughs> uh, Travis was about to, like, limit me. He was like, 3,000 characters is the limit you can do. And so... I uh, I made it work, but it is the history of how King Kong vs. Godzilla came to be, what could have been, and what led us to this. Hmm. So it's it's a fun read, um, a lot of cool information. Uh, hopefully you guys can learn from it. And there's tons of other awesome articles and amazing artwork in that magazine. So check it out. I uh, like I the cover. Yeah, it. Great, great job by the artist Adam Wingard also posted it. Really? Huh. Yes, on on Twitter. Congratulations to them. Yeah, I was I was really surprised by, it, but he deserves it. Yeah. Um, but outside of that, I also write uh, articles occasionally for GodzillaMovies dot com. Uh, so far, I've only done one to report on Ghidorah ninety one and Mach going out of print. Uh, one's a Criterion review of Godzilla, and one about the history of home media with Gamera. I'm hoping because there, there's a little bit I'd like to change in there because it's out of date now. Mm. Hoping in the future, maybe I can get it in the Ramen issue. Mm. I don't know. We'll have to see that's completely up to Michael and Travis. Um, if they wish to do that, um, I've already rewritten it, so it's it's just sitting in my Google Drive, waiting to find a new home. Whether I republish it on Godzilla movies or something like that. Um, but yeah, check those out in the description below. As I said, yeah. As for the podcast, and please, anybody who's able to. Please rate us on iTunes. Recently, we were bombarded with a bunch of one-star There was nothing, so I can't really, I can't take that criticism. Um, but I've also heard from a few other people that they've gotten some review bombs. Um, so mm-hmm. if you guys could please give us a five-star review. You can say whatever you want in the description, as Michael says. Um, but give us a five-star review. Um, that would be awesome. Love to see that feedback. Uh, we're always open. Yeah. If you don't have an Apple device, I don't blame you. I don't. Tweet us. Tell us what you think on Twitter and follow us at a a i j q underscore c o n d r s. If you don't have either of those, you can like us and follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And you can send us a review that way. Or if you're like me before podcasting, you're very lucky. 
If you don't have social media, you can email us at haikuconversation at gmail.com. All lowercase, all one word, you know the drill. And as always, we'll read your reviews on air for everyone to hear, as long as you put something. I, I can't read nothing, so please, please put something. I feel like I'm being too much of a and like, I'm going to get a one-star review because I'm sounding something. You're right. I'll write it right now. <laughs> um, well, uh, we also have merchandise on tfree.com. We'll eventually have the exclusive artwork. Uh, that's to be determined. I'll figure that out eventually. But if you want to sport our rockin' logo, check it out. And if you'd like to chat with me or Rex or other people who hear their opinions and share your love and share your thoughts, join our Discord server the day we get 1,000 members. Yeah. 1,000 people. Um, and we've got people from Japan, from Scotland, from Brazil, Spain, United States, Australia, Spain, Australia. We have UK. such a great, diverse group of people. You know, all different genders, all different ethnicities. All different we backgrounds have, in life, really. Mm -hmm. It's such a diverse group, and I'm, I'm proud to say that we are a good group. Hmm. Um, we, we've had some great conversations. Everybody is very And I'm honestly, I, I couldn't be more proud to say there's a lot of good people. Uh, I appreciate them for being awesome. Thank you so much for watching, and remember, life's too short, not talk big. Bye, guys!